One time I remember um, they passed a law like arresting pastors who are converting people. So they will call uh, whoever is baptizing people or whoever is telling them about God. Um, they need to get arrest right away. Ramya remembers one of the challenges she and her husband Raja faced when they were planting churches in their homeland of South Asia. People were waiting to, you know, bring the pastors to the prison. This courageous couple and their two children are our guests on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Today, Raja is an assistant pastor at a large multinational church in Massachusetts. He moved to the States in 2007, and his family joined him three years later. We're not going to be able to tell you what country they're from because of the danger it might pose to ongoing ministry work there. Yeah, no surprise that because of that background, they are going to share some interesting stories. You're also going to hear a biblical challenge from Billy Graham. Do you have this obsession that Christ is first and his will dominates your life in every area? Then what will you do with his command to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel? Whether you'd like to know more about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, or you'd like to know how the gospel can change your life, we have got one website for you that can serve you in both ways. That address is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. The culture where we came from that time is mostly 100% is arranged marriage. So one day my mother came and told me that I found a girl and you're marrying her. Even though the two families knew each other, Raja had never laid eyes upon Ramya before. In fact, the first time he met her was the day of their betrothal or engagement. And that time, not just alone, we had like 25 people with us. So we were in the same kind of this room. Everybody was sitting. She was in one kana, I was in another kana. I could be able to see it just five minutes. Both Raja and Ramya grew up in Christian homes, and each of them had given their hearts to Jesus Christ long before they were married. The cultural tradition of an arranged marriage was no issue for Raja or Ramya. I wouldn't say I could, I didn't have any choice. I did have choice to say no, but I was praying like God would bring the right person to me. And as soon as my parents said, this is it, and I knew for sure this is from God because I trusted God first and I trusted my parents next. And I knew for sure this is from God. The wedding was held about two and a half months after the betrothal on September 30th, 1999, and they have been happily married ever since. Raja says Ramya is God's answer to the prayers he started praying as a freshman in college. So all I prayed is, Lord, I need someone that who has the same call like me, the passion for ministry. You know, otherwise, uh, you know how hard is ministry. It's a long run. It's not just one job that you know you like or you don't like it. You can just quit and go to another job. Ministry is not like that. Ministry is a lifetime commitment for God.
The ministry Raja was working for when he graduated from college assigned him to be a church pioneer, or what we might call a church planter. So we went to a village that was like most of them Hindu and Muslims. It was a small village. I would say 6,000 people, that's a small village. And it's totally different than what we grew up. So even the even though we speak the same language, but it's totally a different uh, culture. So it took a little while to get uh, adjust to it. One of the first major obstacles facing Raja and Ramya was finding a place to live. It wasn't a cultural difference that was a problem. It was actually a religious difference. That time was so hard to get house because you're Christian. The particularly the town that we wanted to do ministry, they don't rent Christians because they do say you don't follow our rituals and everything because they expect to do so, and we were not able to do that. So I'm not able to get house. But then Raja and Ramya met a landlord who had a solution to their dilemma. He suggested that they hire someone to perform the household rituals that the community expected, but which they themselves refused to perform. Then he would rent to them. So that's why we were able to get a one-bedroom apartment, and we were able to stay there, and we started a church. And for ministry, we no place to go. Sometimes we just go on Sunday morning, standing outside under the tree, and we would start preaching. That's what I really did. I Morning time, if I see five, ten people on the street, I would just go stand on the street, start preaching. And people would hear me preaching the gospel, and I would give them an altar call and say, if anyone here who wants to have a prayer, Jesus loves you, come. Wherever Raja was preaching or ministering, Ramya was at his side. I was like full-time pastor's wife. <laughs> so that means I, I, I got to support him in every way. Um, so um, wherever he went, I, I was with him um, because of the place we came from. Sometimes they will, you know, shut their hearts and doors for just if a man comes. If, if they see a family, it's more open doors. So I always accompanied him wherever he went. Uh, so even at, at the streets and the small villages, even the small houses, I was with him um, whenever he preached. And I used to sing songs with him and, you know, tell stories, Bible stories with uh, to the little ones. And even after I got children, I carried uh, the kids with us wherever we went. Uh, so the, in the motorcycle, we all went together as a family. Yep, a motorcycle. This evangelist, preacher, church planter, and his wife went everywhere on a motorcycle, even after their kids were born. Raja also used his motorcycle when he and Ramya would show the Jesus film. That's a movie from Campus Crusade for Christ that's been used by missionaries for decades. He'd set up the projector and speakers on the motorcycle for showing the film. Earlier in the day, he and a friend would use the motorcycle to advertise that night's showing. We would have a microphone. I will be driving. He'll be in the back saying that that Jesus loves you and we want to pray. Today evening, we're going to show the movie in in the playground. So that's what I would go around the village, like Joshua, marching around praying. God provided for Raja and Ramya's needs in South Asia in a number of interesting ways, including one of the ways he made sure they always had enough to eat. When you go to a village, they do harvest. So no matter it's Christian or other religion, they know they need to offer to their God in as an offering. So they would bring their grain, grains or vegetables So to when we go to meet them. So that would be our starting, bringing 
I mean, that's the testimony we can share, God's faithfulness. Not a one day uh, we were left with no food or no clothes or no shelter. God provided each and every day. Even not a one that, day, I could say, not even one meal. One like, meal. We didn't even skip one meal uh, by the grace of God. It's totally, totally His faithfulness and His provision, I would say. During their years in ministry in South Asia, Raja and Ramya planted two churches in two different villages. But they also traveled to many other villages to share the message of Jesus. And in some of those villages, they were met with opposition and persecution. So we would travel uh, like 10 miles, 15 miles in that motorcycle and go tell them. And, and they would say, don't even think about coming back. If you come, um, we won't see you again. They will be at the entrance of the village and they will stop us right there. They won't even let us go in. Um, so and even a lot of festivals were there, like because it was a really small town, a lot of, a lot of Hindu and Muslim festivals. So they would not let us stay when the festivals. Uh, so it it was not a lot of freedom in there, not, not a lot of open doors over there. In spite of the constraints they faced, God still used Raja and Ramya to introduce people to Jesus. For example, in the town Ramya is talking about with the Hindu and Muslim festivals, at least 15 to 20 people accepted their invitation to learn more about Jesus. At that time, we didn't have a church, so we had prayer meeting in our living room. So people came to our house for prayer. Uh, that That's how uh, we started it. And because of like so much opposition, we had to leave that small town. Not only was it dangerous for Raja and Ramya, it was likely even more dangerous for those villagers who made the decision to give their lives to Christ. Raja said some of them chose to live as secret Christians. When we left the uh, village, we were able to send them to a different close by other churches that already established church. So that way we didn't leave them abandoned. So we uh, introduced to them other churches so they were able to go close by. There were times Raja and Ramya faced more opposition and times when they faced less. Every time the political uh, climate changed, we would face different kind of challenges. So even um, one time I remember um, they passed a law like arresting pastors who are converting people. So they will call uh, whoever is baptizing people or whoever is telling them about God, um, they need to get a rest right away. Uh, but we were all, all, we were praying and praying by the grace of God. That law changed immediately. Um, so we didn't get to, uh, into trouble or anything like that. But that was a big threat. I, I still remember that um, because uh, people were waiting to, you know, bring the pastors to the prison. The threats that Ramya and Raja faced in their home country did not scare them away from telling people about the hope that's found in Jesus. I mean, at that age, I felt very strong in my faith. It's like they are doing it for the God who is not even real. And, you know, um, I serve a God who is living. And every time when they say us, we would come and pray that night and we will get more confidence and boldness to go to another place uh, to uh, talk about Jesus. So I, um, we felt more courage and boldness than anything. I mean, of course, we had, um, you know, we 
it had fear uh, to go to the same place, but we will, we will do it. You know, we will uh, try whatever possible way to reach out to that one family in that town. Ramya and Raja haven't had to worry about religious persecution since they came to the United States. However, sharing the gospel here hasn't been as easy as they thought it would be. It was a, re- a culture shock for us first, <laughs> very big. Um, it was like really changed because we thought it's a Christian country right here. So we thought, oh, it would be really easy to minister here. And it's very easy to approach people here. But as soon as we came here, we knew right away that was not the case. Um, and that's when God told us, like, this is the reason. Because long ago, we needed missionaries back home. But uh, we realized uh, we need ministries, uh, missionaries to America now uh, because there is a lot of darkness in here. There are a lot of uh, broken homes, and there are so many people in need. And and that sounds like, okay, Lord, now we know there is a purpose because God never does anything for no reason. He has a plan and purpose. So we knew right away, look, thank you, God, for bringing us here. Um, even if it's for a, a season, thank you, God, um, because you are going to use us. It's time to show the If Raja and Ramya's story has inspired you to be more bold in sharing your faith in Jesus, we would be honored to help you out in that pursuit. Pay a visit to this website, findpeacewithgod.net. Now, if you've not had a relationship with Jesus Christ and you would like to begin a relationship, that same website is where you want to go. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Well, you've heard from Raja and Ramya, and in just a minute, you're going to hear from their two children. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Is Christ really Lord of your life? Have you submitted your will to Him, your future, your vocation, who you're going to marry? Billy Graham. Do you have this obsession that Christ is first and his will dominates your life in every area? Then what will you do with his command to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and made him Lord of your life, you have to take seriously this call, this command. I would like to challenge you tonight to be a witness for Christ wherever you go. Tonight, God has a great message he wants to deliver to the world, and it's a message of hope, and you can take it to them. He said, I love you. I want you to come back into fellowship with me. I want you to be reconciled to me, and I will forgive you. I will give you eternal life. I gave my son to die on the cross, and he shed his blood for you. Billy Graham's son, Franklin, is sharing that same message of Jesus Christ during one-day rallies in the Pacific Northwest. If you would, please, pray for these rallies. The outreach is called the Decision America Pacific Northwest Tour. Franklin's already made his way through Oregon, and now he's moving north holding rallies in Washington. You can learn more about it by going to BillyGrahamRadio.org and clicking on News. That's BillyGrahamRadio.org, and then look for News and click there. 
Our guests on this episode of GPS are husband and wife Raja and Ramya. They have two children, a 16-year-old daughter named Gifland and a 12-year-old son named Jonathan. Both kids are members of their church's worship teams. Gifland remembers as a little girl wanting to sing during her dad's church services back in South Asia. I remember that I would sit up in the front with my mom, and my it's not really like a pulpit and like pews. It's just oh, it's a flat level. But I remember sitting up there with my mom, and my dad would be preaching, and my mom would have a microphone right next to her just in case that she can like come in with a song if she needed to. And I remember just being so ready to like get the microphone for myself and start singing because I just wanted to start singing. <laughs> Today, Gifflin sings and plays guitar for the worship team. Her brother, Jonathan, plays drums. And just like his sister, Jonathan's interest in music goes back to his childhood in South Asia after his dad had already moved to the U.S. I remember, not every day, but like a lot, we would call my dad in America, ask how he was doing. And then one day it was like close to the time we were going to come to America. And he asked us, do you want anything for me and my sister? And at that time, we were both learning what instruments we love. So Gifto was like, I would like a guitar. And I was like... I would really like a drum set because that's what I was learning. And when I came to America, it was like one of those mini drums where it's like one pad and it's like all the different sounds. And I would play for that with hours. And it was was my favorite thing. Yeah, we had a wonderful time visiting with this family and we were really touched by their courage and faithfulness. We hope the same is true for you. And if it is, why not share this episode on Facebook? Thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. G-P-S. God. People. Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.